Welcome to the Teeth to Toes podcast. I'm Dr. Curtis Westerson, and I'm a dentist who treats TMJ and TMD problems. Teeth to Toes is a podcast where we ask healthcare providers around the world to answer questions about teeth, the jaws, the body, and how they all work together. Many people have jaw pain, TMJ pain, neck pain, headaches, there's a lot of confusion both among dentists and patients about how to treat or get treated for these problems. I'm excited today because today we have Dr. Mac Lee talking with me as my guest. Mac Lee is unique. I'm sure if Mac Lee looks in a mirror, he doesn't see a reflection because there's only one Mac Lee in this world. He has been a mentor, he has been a friend, and a colleague in treating, basically, teeth to toes. Mac's a member of ICMO, the International College of Craniomandibular Orthopedics. Big fancy word basically means that a bunch of like-minded dentists help treat TMJ, TMJ and TMD problems so that patients can live without pain. Mac Lee, how y'all doing? Welcome I'm doing to T. Right, Curtis. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. You know, we were just talking with you on a Zoom call or on a on a pod. We were just talking with you on a podcast, and you were telling some of the history about dentistry and how you got into dentistry and how your family got into dentistry. And we started ending off with how your dental career changed in the latter portion of it so that you were a world-renowned TMJ expert. Let's continue on that topic. You used to be kind of a drill, fill, and build dentist like most oh, of yes. us were. Yeah. And that suddenly changed. And I think you said that you had gone to a school to learn about this. What was it called? Panky? The Panky Institute, yes, in 1977. Okay. Yes, five years after I graduated from dental school in 1972. That's a long time and ago. A long time ago. And the, the information was absolutely fantastic. I did learn about occlusion. I learned a tremendous about occlusion. <clears throat> and the, the DTR process that they're doing now, that was called Disclusion Reduction Time, DRT, is getting rid of the interferences in the posterior teeth. But, but I learned all of this in 1977. I just didn't have the T-scan and didn't have all of the, the fancy, the, fancy equipment that they have now of being able to hook up the EMGs and actually the timing and of the force and the, the amount of force of each individual tooth exerts on closure or especially in excursion. So the thing that I didn't learn at the Panky Institute or at Coyce, I went through all of Dr. Coyce's courses, I went through all of Dr. Dawson's courses when I, we talked about being a co-founder of Dental Bootcamp 
at boot camp, dental doctor Pete Dawson was a part of our group. So I was basically in business with Pete Dawson and got to be very good friends with Pete. So I have a history with lots of these dentists that were on, quote, the, the dental circuit. So I was real good, as you said, at getting my patients to say yes and doing really fancy dentistry out of this little bitty town. And because of my boot camp experience, after I left there, dentist as yourself would hire me and my partner to come in and teach them one-on-one how to sell dentistry. So I got to meet dentists that were doing things different than me high-end practices like yourself. And I remember I was in one neuromuscular dentist, uh, dental office, very high-end, very in Houston, Texas. And I had done a full mouth case and I was bragging about selling this case and teaching people how to sell. And I watched this doctor look at my case and I knew that the patient loved the way that the teeth looked, but she was uncomfortable. She was in pain. And I saw him look at my case. I knew he knew something that I didn't know. This is before I met you. And that night, I told him, I said, okay, Tom, I saw you looking at that case. And I saw that you, you knew there was something wrong. I want to know what you know. He said, Mackie, it's overclosed. He said, you, you, you jammed the, the jaw back too far back up and, and the patient didn't have any relief. And he said, you got to come to my office. Of course, Houston's only 100 miles away, so you got to see what I'm doing. So that's when I went and saw the K-7. Not long after that, this is when I met you in Phoenix. And then we went on the famous fishing expedition in Canada. And then you hired me to come into your office, and then I saw what you were doing. And then you were so kind to have another Texas dentist and I come up to your office for free to see you operate with your own patients. And what I did is when you left the room, here I am talking to these patients, and I was able to talk to them one-on-one about, okay, give me the straight skivvy. Is what he's doing, is this the right way for you? And they all sang your praises. And so I said, well, you know, if Curtis can do this, by God, I can do it too. And that's when uh, you sold me your K7. And so, so then I went home with this K7, which people don't know what the K7 is. It's, it, and I'll let Curtis explain it. He does a better job than I do. But it had a tutorial in it. So I'd go home on the weekend. I'd hook myself EMGs and with a jaw tracker, and I would sit there and go through the tutorial. Hours and hours and hours on end. And so I pretty well self-taught myself. And then, as you know... Uh, LVI is with the one that was at the time teaching all the neuromuscular. Well, I, I knew who owned LVI because I met him during boot camp days, and I, did, I didn't really want to go there. So I had you and Brad Durham and some of you very high-end ex-teachers at LVI come to my ranch in Texas to go, quote, hog hunting. But then, you know, the payback was that you had to, we had to go to the office and we had to have special one-on training for Mac Lee. Yeah, that was fun. So... So just to explain to anybody that's listening, um, this 
wonderful instrument called the K7 is basically what's called a kinesiograph. And what it does, it just tracks muscle activity and jaw movement simultaneously in real time and allows us to kind of see how the patient's functioning. And then we use this other funky little machine called the TENS unit and it pulses jaw muscles every second and a half. You might say, well, that seems kind of horrible. That seems kind of weird. You're electrocuting my patients. No, um, basically it's very gentle. And what it does, there's an old saying, motion is lotion. And if you get all these jaw muscles just pulsing every second and a half gently, you actually relax these jaw muscles. And then you can use that K7 instrument to go and find out where the happy bite is. And it makes sense to the patient because they can actually see it on the screen, what's happening. It makes sense to us dentists because we're measuring, we're not guessing. And basically, when you and uh, this other Texan dentist came up, that's all I was doing, was just helping those people. And you took it and you ran with it um, and became one of the top experts in Texas on this. Now, I think, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think this had a little bit to do with the amount of time and relationships that you get to build up with this patient and take them from a pain situation to feeling good situation. Is that true, right. Mac? True. Tell me true. about that. And then again, like I said before, you're, you're, you're more than just a dentist when you're able to do that. You know, this <clears throat> TMD pain can be life robbing. And their their life, they, they, these poor people can't find anybody to help them. They go to ENTs, they go to neurologists, they have MRIs. Doctor says there's nothing wrong with you, you're crazy. He's like, this medicine. No one knows what to do. And then this little country boy, country town is able to get people out of pain and then be able to teach other dentists how to get people out of pain. It is, uh, it's just, it's very rewarding and very rewarding. And the thing that neuromuscular, everything we do, every movement that you make is neuromuscular. You get a piece of dust in your eye, you're going to blink in your eyes, going to the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system is going to take over. It's going to try to flush everything out. It's going to try to work with the body. And once that offending agent is removed from the eye, <clears throat> then things go back to normal. You may still be rubbing a little bit. So when the relationship of the upper jaw and the lower jaw are not correct, when you bite down, it's not any different than having something in your eye. It's not right. So the body is saying, this is not right. So the joint is getting compressed. The muscles are overreacting um, and they elicit pain. So in the Panky Institute, I learned how to make a lower flat plane splint that had the same criteria as far as occlusion in the CO, not an excursion. Well, take that back. What it didn't do in the Panky Institute is it didn't tell me about the deficient maxilla. So you have a regular closure like this and a normal maxilla, but if you have a maxilla that is deficient, <clears throat> 
when the lower jaw goes to close, it nothing touches in the back, so then the jaw has to come back. That's why your jaw tracking on that fancy name that I can only call it K7 because I can't use that big term. It's too confusing for me. <laughs> you know, that's, Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so, so then the splint I made in Panky still had them like this. Okay. With a splint with the K7, you're able to bring, that jaw is able to close with this arc of closure that the body likes, and you still have posterior contact and posterior support. When you go on an excursion, you still have the immediate disclosure that we had that I learned that at Panky. Now, can, as far as your- Can, can your, I ask a question? Hold on, oh, hold oh, on. Yes, absolutely. By you and I speak the verbiage, but when you say somebody has posterior support, you're not talking about sitting on a comfortable chair. You're, <laughs> you're, t you're talking about teeth, correct? So back teeth versus yes. front teeth. Yes. Okay. okay. So all of the back teeth are hitting in such a way is that all the forces are down the long axis of the posterior teeth. Okay. So the periodontal ligaments like that. And so one, one, one other like question. That. And the joint likes that, yes. One other question. They're hitting evenly on this splint that you made. Is that correct? That's correct. So let's go back to that electrical device that you're talking about relaxing the jaw. The lower jaw is like a, a boat or an airplane. It has pitch rolling jaw. So if I'm pulling, if this muscle is more, more and restricted here than this is over here, is I'm going to close and I'm going to close in a, a tarped position. I'm going to come up like this. Okay. If you relax all of these muscles and you get them closing evenly, that's going to give me a little bit better relationship, relationship bite. I did not learn that at the Panky Institute. I just put a piece of wax in there and, and, and duplicated the existing jaw-to-jaw -jaw relationship. What we know now, what I know now, and to people, thanks to people like you, that during growth and development, this maxilla, and I'm one and you're one, that had mm -hmm. deficient maxilla, and that created havoc on our teeth. You're a TMD patient yourself, so you mean, yep. you can, we can hear your story. So everything has to be in harmony. And if you start with the tensum unit and you relax this to take a bite, it just only makes sense. It only makes sense to measure the muscles. And well, what are you measuring? You're measuring how happy or how unhappy the muscles are at a, different, at a location in space. How do you know what the location in space is? Well, you have the jaw tracker, which you can explain a lot better than I can. The K7. I just know that I can watch the, the K7, yeah, the, the, the uh, chart tree. So I know that if I have the muscles being monitored on a computer screen and I can monitor where the patient's jaw is, that gives me a huge advantage over what I learned back 40 years ago, huge advantage. Technology is really has improved and it's really helped dentists. And you talk about this kinesiograph, this fancy name, this K7, it's, it's easy it's easy to use, few little steps, but it's pretty easy to use. I mean, I always said if I could do it, I think anybody can do it. 
I, unlike you. That's what I said too. <laughs> of course, unlike I you. Too. <laughs> unlike you, sir. I did not graduate in the top half of my class, of my dental class. But I don't think I did either. But I'm proud to say I made the top half possible. If it wasn't for people like me, there wouldn't have been a top half. And yet, we're still able to help these patients and do things for them. So this is kind of available for every dentist. You don't have to be an old guy like you and me. You could be a no. young guy and you could learn this stuff. I wish I would have learned it at a very young age and I wish I would have learned about craniofacial development as a younger dentist because that's, that, you know, that's to me the ticket to having an insurance-free practice is you start learning on how to develop these children's craniofacial development so that they do not have deficient maxillas. Deficient maxillas are ubiquitous. They're everywhere. And the dental profession does not recognize it. The medical now, profession does not recognize it. So just to just to wrap up here for a couple of minutes, <clears throat> what why does or why do dental schools not teach this to all the young dentists? I think I have my theory, but what do you think is the reason why this isn't taught in dental school? Ego. Okay. They don't know how. I mean, who? so the AAOP does a, a great job in getting it to be a specialty. We'll, we'll wait and we'll see what happens there. But if nobody has taught TMD in dental school, then who in the hell is going to teach it now? Good point. So if, if I took my expertise, you took your expertise, and I went to the dental schools in Houston and say, listen, I, I've, got, I've, I've got this thing so broken down and so easy to learn, I'd like to teach your students. They'd look at you like you were crazy. They don't want growth. There's no growth in dental schools. Come on, let's call it like it is. The dental schools are the last place in the world to learn new technology. At least it was when I, I, I can't speak for now. I shouldn't say that is, is to be true today. But back when I was in dental school, and I have since tried to go back to, to dental schools and try to teach them some stuff. In 1980s, I was teaching non-surgical periodontal treatment. I was mm -hmm. a forerunner. I was getting all the errors in my back. I traveled all over North America teaching dentists about how scaling and root planning, antimicrobial agents, keeping it clean. Dr. Earl Eastep, who was very famous back in the time, his son had a dental lab that I used. And Earl Eastep called me. I mean, this guy was famous. I didn't know him. He said, Mac, he said, you don't know me and I don't know you, but I'm going to sit in my son's lab, dental lab, and I'm looking at all these crowns that are coming in from your practice. And he said, like I said, I don't know you, but I know where Edna, Texas is, and I want to know how you're doing so much dentistry out of such a chicken shit town like Edna, Texas. And I told him it's because of my periodontal philosophy. Now, this is 40 years ago. Dental school has, I don't know what they're teaching now, but they're so far behind the curve and, and I'm retired now. There's nothing they can do to me. I can say what I want to say. But dental school is not the place of higher learning. Dental school gives you the license to practice dentistry, which is a huge accomplishment. Something absolutely necessary. Gives you advantage over other people who cannot compete with you. 
But then school is not the place of higher learning. You got to find a place like ICMO that now you both, you're going to be the new president of ICMO. I'm on the executive board of ICMO. Uh, we worked ourselves up to the top. And these are the type of people that you want to be around. You know, birds of a feather flock together. So who are you going to flock with? Eagles or turkeys? I'm going to flock <laughs> with eagles. Okay. I love that quote. Mac, thank you very much. We have to do this again. And next time, you know what? We need to talk about airway and your philosophy on airway. And we should do that. Let's have another podcast. And thank you very much for everybody that's been watching and listening. This is Teeth to Toes. And we're all about healthcare providers telling us about what's happening to our bodies as we function every day. Thank you.